Well, welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I'm your host, Greg Mamula, and every week through my work with the American Baptist Churches in Nebraska and my ongoing writing projects, I get to partner with churches and ministry leaders. I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. So, that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. I'm very excited to introduce our guest for today's episode. The pastor of First Baptist Church Lincoln is the Reverend Joy Martinez Marshall. Now, during our conversation, we get to talk about her call to ministry, the way challenges and naysayers and injustices only serve to further fuel her passion for ministry. I hope you enjoy getting to know Pastor Joy as much as I have. I feel like she has a lot to offer the local church and the kingdom in general, and it has been my great pleasure to welcome her to Nebraska ministry the last few years. Without further ado, here is Pastor Joy Martinez Marshall. Welcome to the show, Joy. Hi, Greg. I'm so glad to be here. Well, as you know, our format is pretty simple. We're going to ask five simple questions to ministry practitioners like yourself to learn more about who you are and where you see God working in your community. So let's just jump right in. Who is Reverend Joy Martinez Marshall? Oh, well, that's a loaded question. Um, I think my first response would be, don't let the name fool you. Uh, <laughs> I think that my, my mom uh, named me and I think she's been a little disappointed because I don't know if I'm as joyful as I can always be. Uh, but I am a, a young female minister, just kind of starting out the beginning of my ministry. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to be a part of the church and to be in leadership, helping to lead a church. Uh, but what you really don't know about me is I'm a big joker. Yeah. And I often get in trouble uh, very, you know, a little bit here and there uh, with joking and teasing and different things like that. But I am half Mexican. I'm from Texas. I have a husband named Austin, which is just like the perfect Texas husband name. (laughs) And he's really kind. And we are big uh, soccer fans. And so on the weekends when I am staying up late to finish my sermons, Austin is either playing FIFA or watching back uh, the games from the previous day. <laughs> well, that's good. I have that game. It's it's very entertaining. Mm. I you know I have not mastered that game. I think I've mastered the game where I just threatened to turn off the PS, the PS four, <laughs> five, whatever, whatever PS we have. Yes. Well, very good. Well, uh, how did you and Austin come to be at First Baptist Church in Lincoln? Yeah. So this is a fun story. As I was nearing the end of uh, my seminary training and school, I I studied religion in my undergrad and then went straight to seminary. And so as it was coming to the end, I noticed in the last semester, everyone already had jobs. (laughs) And so they kept saying, oh, well, I, you know, basically I'm betrothed here. I'm going to go here. We're moving here. And they had all these big plans. And I uh, thought that I could just start applying for positions in May, right? I thought, well, right. I'll just figure it out over the summer. Right. I don't have any family members that are in full-time ministry settings or have experience like that. And so I was not aware that you should apply sooner. Okay. So it, 
uh, it <laughs> it was like March, the end of March, and I was like, I ought to start applying. <laughs> and so I applied to tons of churches. I think I applied to over 20 different ministries in wow. churches, uh, all in the South, mostly in Texas. I was looking to go back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, or the Austin area. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept applying, and I kept getting these rejection letters. <clears throat> and so I actually saved them all on my computer. But it, it came up that it was really a big issue for a lot of the churches that I applied to that I was a female. Mm. And so I kept getting uh, a letter saying like, oh, you know, I don't know if you'd be a good associate pastor, but you'd be great as our hospitality coordinator. Mm. Or I'd apply for a parachurch ministry working with um, different populations and they'd say, oh, well, you just don't have the education background, you know, and then they had only asked for a bachelor's. And so I became very discouraged, mm. and I only applied to associate roles, uh, applied to being a coordinator and executive ministers of, of different already established ministries, and just came, became very discouraged. So I actually went into the office at, at Truett Seminary and started arguing with our coordinator and I hope he hears this. He's a really great guy. <laughs> but I just went in there and I was like, listen, if you don't help me find a job, I will flip. I will just flip out on everyone here. I need help. I'm feeling discouraged. Yeah. And he kind of looked up and said, well, we, we know someone in Nebraska and his name is Greg and he's a true grad. And why don't you call him? <laughs> And so I said, okay, write his number down on the sticky note, and I'll call him. Yeah. So I ended up calling and speaking with you, and I, we had a great conversation. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I remember you saying, you're like, oh, well, I think you should apply to First Baptist Lincoln. I think you might like it. I think you're, you'd be a good fit. And I kind of just laughed and rolled my eyes, which luckily we were not using Zoom at that point in time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that sounds great, Greg. Nice to meet you. And kind of laughed it off and thought, well, it wouldn't hurt. And so Austin and I laughed and we were like, yeah, we would never live in Nebraska. This is so silly. And this was in a a senior position. So I was like, yeah, Yeah. we'll just try it out. Well, sure enough, uh, we started making it through the interview process. And each week we'd be like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't think we'll make it to the next round. And we just kept making it. And finally, we were invited up here for uh, as one of the candidates and we loved it here. We fell in love with the people and the congregation. And we're just fortunate enough that we really felt like God was calling us to this place. Uh, I had been a youth minister, but I knew that I was not called for the long term um, to do youth ministry. That it mm-hmm. just was not a, a good fit for me or the students. I, I love them, uh, but I really yeah. was called to work with adults. And so I applied I got up here, and then I came to uh, for my call weekend, and I passed. And so, sure enough, we moved up here a month later, and it has been so much fun. And I just can't help but chalk it up to God's sense of humor. You know, we had been saying that, oh, well, we'll just apply. We'll stay close to home. And I remember after I told the two very important people about this position, I told my dad yeah. and the pastor I worked with, and I told them about it, and how excited it was. And they both looked at me and said, you'll be moving to Nebraska. You're going to be the pastor of this church. You should just stop applying to other churches. And I kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys think you know me. You don't. I'm a loose cannon. And sure enough, I felt like that was a really special 
you know, prophetic moment for me. Yeah, that's been kind of an ongoing theme with some of the conversations in this season's podcast is um, people having a call, maybe even wrestling with that call, but then being affirmed by other people. And uh, it's good to hear that that happened for you as well. It's um, it's mm-hmm. so funny. We for for those who haven't figured it out, um, Joy and I did attend the same seminary at different times. I graduated in two thousand seven, and and she graduated a couple years ago. Um, but um, so 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 that's a network for us when we're looking for candidates for for pastors. And and when I was there, um, I I was. I was so afraid of not getting a job. I started applying in the summer before I graduated. Mm. And, and and much like you, all everywhere I applied was um, in the South, in Arkansas, my home state, in Texas. Uh, I applied for college ministries, associate work, all kinds of things. And eventually, um, First Baptist Church in, in North Platte, Nebraska, uh, the different coordinator than you were working with, uh, but, mm. but she came to me and said, hey, there's this church in Nebraska, and and much like your experience, I had to look it up in a map. I said, "Yeah, <laughs> where where's Nebraska? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't I don't know anybody there." And um, but now, 13 years later, 14 years later, it's it's been a really good ride, and and we've enjoyed every minute of our ministry in Nebraska. So that's fun mm-hmm. that you've had kind of a similar uh, parallel adventures uh, so far. Uh, how did you mm-hmm. battle through? the rejections and it it sounds primarily because uh, you're a female pastor and of course in american baptist life we're very supportive of of women in ministry um but Mm -hmm. that was not your experience before meeting american baptists uh i know that part of my calling as a young woman i grew up in a church that did not support women in ministry we had women that of course were active involved important to ministry, but we're not in leadership. And so this was all new to me. I felt like I received a call as, you know, a 16-year-old girl and went and told the pastor and tried to explain what this meant. And he was, he did listen to me. You know, he said, I think, you know, that's nice. Uh, And I think it was really out of that initial rejection from, from him and what I later blamed the entire church for, which I know was not, not fair on my end. But for me, what it was, was I had such a groundbreaking experience with God and with the Holy Spirit that that I felt like if I didn't try, if I didn't do this, that I would not be following um, what I understood as as God's calling on my life. And so I'm fortunate to have a, a father and brothers that have always pushed me and supported me and and so through that process, as I began to get these rejections, my dad would just say, who cares? They don't know you, you know? And then, of course, when I met Austin, Austin had already been exposed to women in ministry. His uh, youth minister was the first woman to be called to First Baptist Waco. And so when I told, when I first met him and told him about it, he said, oh, yeah, that's awesome. My youth pastor was a woman, and I loved her. And Mm-hmm. And she later became my mentor. But really what it is, is I also think that uh, the Lord has gifted me in a way where uh, I, I hope to be fearless. Now, I don't think I actually am, uh, but that's something that I strive to be. And so uh, when I felt that iner- initial call, despite the rejection and frustration, I just felt so much that this was the only thing that I could do that would make uh 
me happy or even me a part of the kingdom. There, there really wasn't, for me, there was no other route I could take. And so I think a lot of the doubts that people had or the frustrations or the rejections, yeah. it was really just fuel to my fire. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty a, a determined in person. And I say this jokingly, but things that don't go in my way or things like rejection or frustration or anger, those just kind of fuel this, this fire within me that just keeps me pushing. And I don't know if that comes from being an eight on the Enneagram or being the youngest <laughs> child and the only girl of the family, but it is just something about it that I just knew that if I didn't try to follow God's call in my life, that uh, it wouldn't get me anywhere. And so when I get those letters, it was kind of funny because I expected yeah. them uh, with what I grew up with grew up with but the excuses were so silly i was like you guys couldn't you know i wish they would have just said we're not taking female applicants you know no thanks but instead it was like you i did one interview and the lady said well uh, we don't actually have women preach and it says on your resume that you've preached before is that important to you and i said well yeah i i actually don't want to really preach but i feel like that's a part of what God has called me to do and something that I'd like to grow in. And she said, well, we don't, we don't let women yeah. do that. And I said, well, that's unfortunate. You know, said, I don't think Phoebe, you know, would have been told no, or kind of went on this long rant. And uh, she sent me an email after saying, thanks a lot. That was fun. Uh, we're going to go in a different wow. direction. <laughs> so I think it's really those advocates that God had put there for me. You know, uh, my mentor, the pastor I had worked for, Austin, my yeah. dad, my brothers in different ways, and uh, the men that I became friends with at, at seminary. I've always uh, ha been around guys just having older brothers, and so I think that part of that process was just realizing yeah. that I don't have to change who I am. Uh, okay. God still yeah, has something And I've always appreciated uh, both your spunk and your candor, and um, and I, I affirm you know, with, with others that you're definitely called by God to be a pastor and, and we're grateful for your ministry in Nebraska and at First Baptist. I'm Beth Pussis, the director at Moses Merrill Camping Conference Center, a ministry of the American Baptist Churches of Nebraska. The support of our donors is vital to our mission of sharing the gospel of Jesus with summer campers and all our guests. The 2300 team is a great way to partner with camp. Team members pledge to give a monthly, quarterly, or annual gift of any amount. For just $23 a month, you can make a difference. I'm also excited to share with you our new Memorial Garden Engraved Brick Project. You can support camp by purchasing an engraved brick to be placed in our beautiful Memorial Garden. Your brick can be a memorial or tribute to someone special or a special occasion in your life your church, or your favorite scripture. For more information about joining the 2300 team or to purchase an engraved brick, visit our website, www.campmerrill.com. Thank you. Dr. David Fitch is the R. Linder, Chair of Evangelical Theology at Northern Seminary 
He is also the author of Faithful Presence and The Church of Us Versus Them. He says, Table Life walks us through what happens when we gather as Christians to eat around a table. We are stunned that something so simple becomes so profoundly transformative. This is an astute, thorough biblical study of how revolution happens when we eat, the revolution of the kingdom of God. I hope this book is widely read in churches everywhere. Table Life is available in print and e-reader versions from all your favorite distributors, including Amazon, Judson Press, Barnes & Noble, and Christian Books. To get a free chapter, visit my website, table-life.org, and use the sign-up form at the homepage. Let's move on in the conversation. Uh, what moves you? What, what are some of your passions, you know, hobbies, besides, you know, turning off PlayStations when FIFA gets to be too much? <laughs> what are you into? Yes. Yeah, well, I just am a really, just like to kill any joy or happiness that most people <laughs> feel. Um, that's why I turn off PlayStations wow. and, and whatnot. Uh, no, there are a couple things that really move me. One uh, is definitely... Uh, injustice, mm. you know, what I would understand yeah. is injustice, different things like that, that really begins to fuel uh, my ministry and is always a challenge, I feel like, from the Holy Spirit is reminding myself that, like, you know, we're experiencing now with this division, instead of saying, there's the other side is so wrong, looking at myself and saying, where have I yeah. been a part of this? Where have I, instead of you know, mourning the chasm between people I love instead, uh, you know, making them characters or, or making them out to be the bad person. And so I think self-reflection really moves me when I have these moments. And I often feel like God rolls God's eyes at me <laughs> and I feel like he's consistently like, really, Joy, yeah. we've talked yeah. about this. <laughs> or, or, you know, I'll say something and he'll just be like okay that's enough please please stop this and so injustice uh, racism of any kind and uh, my grandmother grew up in central texas and she was a first generation mexican-american and so hearing the stories that she and my family went through uh, that's something that i'm passionate about but some other things that move me is i love oh, okay. stand-up comedy i am a stand-up comedy fiend and so I listen to podcasts about them. I listen to any special, any 10 minutes, any video. And I hope to one day oh, do a set. That's like my, my goal in life is to do a, a set of stand-up comedy. Now, I don't know if uh, it would ever be good. I'd like to think I could, you know, uh, roll some punches and have some fun. I love comedy. I love cooking, uh, mostly because I love eating. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but uh, I love to cook. And recently, I've picked okay. up reading more. I was getting to a point where I was just playing on my phone too much. And as the good millennial that I am, I retreated to TikTok and Facebook and Pinterest and any of the other uh social media platforms and so i've been reading recently and i love okay. a good rom-com which i, I am embarrassed <laughs> to admit publicly uh, but i i do i love uh, those kind of silly stories and have been enjoying that so i'm definitely interested in those those things and then interested in working with other ministries some uh you know, multi-denominational, interdenominational work. That's something that I'm really excited about. And, and learning how to mm. be a good neighbor. You know, First Baptist Lincoln is in the middle of uh, the capital. It's 
actually uh, caddy corner to the Capitol building. And so we're not surrounded by houses. <laughs> we're not in a neighborhood. And so learning to be a good neighbor or being a mm. place of care is something that I'm definitely interested in and learning more yeah, about. Very good. Well, in, in all fairness, uh, I also love uh, comedy and I'm, I'm always like it when the guy gets the girl at the end of the movie. And so I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here for that as well. Yes. All right. So uh, what's going on at First Baptist Lincoln? What are some, some things that are happening in your ministry context, uh, maybe for you personally, but also what's going on at the church? So our church has been virtual <clears throat> for the past however many months it has been at this point. Um, I've kind of lost track. I just am trying to take it each week and trying to work really hard to make sure our services are meaningful, even though we aren't physically together for them. And so we are learning to adjust. This congregation was not really up on the latest technology mm -hmm. before I got here, but last night I had a friend come and lead Bible study. He gave a talk about mm. human trafficking, and afterwards he said, I am so impressed. I have not seen people uh, this age do so well with Zoom and like knowing how to mute themselves and how to get on and asking questions. And so I really think that God has been pushing us in this direction of stepping out of our comfort zone. And so we're just learning to adjust. And in the moment where we're praying and thinking yeah. about what comes next, I know that for our ministry context, we have been so focused on the congregations that share our building mm -hmm. and our ministry. We have three other congregations that I like to call our sibling congregations uh, because we are in ministry with them, but they're of different denominations. Some of them are. So we don't always do right. everything together. And I feel like our church has tried so hard to minister and foster these groups that we have kind of turned, turned ourselves away from the actual mm. community that we're in. Uh, and we have a unique situation being downtown and so close and, and being the quote unquote first Baptist uh, of Lincoln, that we're really at this time where we are discerning and praying about what's next. What can we do? What is God doing? And for me, that's been working with other ministries in town. Uh, one of the wonderful things about this whole being new and this happening so soon is really creating bonds with our other American right. Baptist churches in town and working together and kind of overcoming this past history that was kind of competitive or awkward because we just had the uh, musical chairs. Sure. I felt like, you know, if you didn't right. like one, you'd go to the other. Uh, they're all American Baptist. But now God has been just kind of knitting us all together to think about, okay, how can we minister to the community as brothers right. and sisters in Christ? And so God has been helping us to really do that, but also really been stirring in our hearts. We've had some deep, meaningful conversations on Zoom, and the beauty is everyone has known each other for so long, but during these conversations and even these breakout rooms of just chatting with one another, it's like they're meeting each other all over again. You know, you're hearing stories and laughter, and there's something so powerful about that. And I know you know how we both feel about stories and the table setting and all of those things, but we found mm. that in Zoom. So I think that God is really, really working yeah. in that and through that to help us uh, grow together as we 
try to reach out to the community in a special yeah, way. That's really good. I, I mean, ministry has changed enormously in the last few years um, already, and then you compound it with COVID and, and these sort of things and moving so much of the uh, uh, stories and table and all that stuff to, to online formats. Um, it, it's been really interesting to, to track how churches are engaging with that and um, you know, do, do you think that mm-hmm. um, being a, a newer pastor, I mean, you've been at this church almost two years now. Um, do, do you think that's helped with those adjustments because maybe um, you hadn't had decades of ingrained practice that you had to unlearn? Or do you think it was equally challenging because um, doesn't matter how much experience you had, nobody was really prepared for this? I think it's been helpful, uh, mostly because the church, you know, as we kind of talked about with my call, the church really took a risk on me. Uh, There was not anything that they had thought about coming to or anything that they expected during the search process. And a couple of them have talked to me, you know, candidly and openly about this. And I told them that's the same way. You know, (laughs) we did not expect to be kind of drawn together to do ministry. And so... It's been helpful because with that, the church, I think, took a big step in saying, we're ready to change. You know, we're ready to to see where God takes us and what God can do. And so that's been really powerful. And with, the, with being new, I, I don't have any of those ingrained feelings of like, we have to have the Easter lilies up this date mm-hmm. and they come down this date and they cover this part of the stage mm-hmm. or any of those those ministry things that become so strong and you know and kind of begin to shape who you are as a minister instead of being adaptable so it's been really really helpful and it's funny i think we're just all kind of being forced to come up with things on the fly right to think really deeply about what is actually meaningful what is actual worship and for us it's been just a wonderful reminder that you know 1340 k street is a wonderful property but it's not the church. <laughs> it's not who yeah. we are as people. And with that, it's been wonderful. But it's been a, a real challenge. You know, I did kind of mourn the loss of these big first things that I really was excited for. I mean, I never dreamed of being ordained. And then you so graciously held the service and signed my certificate. And so that was something that was really exciting. But then I didn't have a first yeah. Easter service here. My first Easter service was virtual. Uh, my first this, my first that. So that's been hard because I had yeah. those expectations and excitement about it. And learning when the pandemic kind of started, I was only maybe four yeah. months in, five months in. And so getting to know people, that became a challenge, but was really pushed to make phone calls to write notes, to talk with people. And I think one of the most powerful things that happened is I called one of our members and I just said, hey, I just called to see how you were. And she said, I didn't even Mm. think you would remember me. You know, we kind of sneak in and out. I didn't think we'd ever get to know each other. And from then we've talked on the phone, you know, every three weeks, every month. And these relationships have blossomed. So as we can all say, it's been a blessing and a curse in a way. But it's been helpful because one thing that I hope to do as a pastor, which you know you can gladly keep me accountable, mm-hmm. is not get yeah. complacent. I think that that was my biggest frustration of, of feeling so called to ministry and wanting to be in ministry 
and then seeing pastors that were just complacent or stuck or unwilling to mm. rattle any cage yeah. or say anything offline that 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 made me so frustrated and now each step of the way god has set, challenged me and said okay you said this about so and so and now you're asked to serve on this board <laughs> you know you said this about injustice and now after george floyd has yeah. been murdered what will you say and so i always want to be in all of this calling but but being led and prodded by the spirit so i think yeah. it's been good and bad no which it's, isn't it's actually fair. an answer yeah. which is a both and which is a yes, yes and if yes you're and <laughs> add to it very good i love that my my mentor um tom wiles um did a lot of work on improv in relationship to the new testament and the mm -hmm. gospel and how paul especially um would take the old testament and then he say and now because of resurrection what do we do you know and so he kind of talked a lot about that mm -hmm. and um so yes i'm a big fan of the and idea so let's take and what's next i think one of the hopes would be uh just continuing to seek out what god is already doing in our community i mean it's so easy for us as ministers and as churches especially with the beautiful history of this church, you know, being 151 years old and being proud of that. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we've done that in the past. We've, you know, we've done things like this, but now the question is, how can we take risks that the Spirit leads us to? Yeah. Are we going to take the risk to follow God's call? And following God's call often looks like already partnering with what God is doing. And so one thing that we've been that I've been doing is working with other leaders, other clergy <clears throat> in the area to talk about these issues of racism and have had really great con conversations where I think during Lent, what we're going to try to do is do s join in on some justice talks mm -hmm. and have a place where, you know, four or five churches come together on Zoom to hear a story and to then talk about it, to say, okay, what has God called us to? Uh, what does our faith convict us to do? What can we do and how can we be rooted in love? So I think what's next is really being willing to put our pride and our titles down to partner with uh, the ministry already going on. And we've been doing that with the Barnabas community, which is uh, out of Sheridan Lutheran. I, I sometimes preach at their services and go over and we try to donate things to the ministry that they have. And just a reminder that we need to be friends and allies in ministry and not competition. And I think that uh, the next, for Lent at least, I know First Baptist, Second Baptist, and Belmont, we're going to get together and see what we can do as we journey through Lent together and, and not recreate the wheel. Right. There's so many great right. ideas already. Uh, and I think part of that comes from from just the bond that we've built together but what's next is really taking that next step of a, you know, that's sometimes veiled with uncertainty, but conviction from the Holy Spirit of this is where we can go. And I think for me, for me personally, it would be to continue to encourage women um, mm. to that feel called to be ministers, but also encourage women to not feel like they have to be a specific type of minister. Right. I feel like in seminary or when I was in my undergrad or whenever I meet professor, you know, professional ministers, clergy, if you will, the important people, the Reverend, Dr. Reverend, Reverend, Dr. People, uh, they're that, the worst. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. 
They really are. They're so, so, so bad. Uh, but for me, it's to just be reminded that I don't have to act a certain way. You know, I can still be myself yeah. and have fun and that I don't have to fit into this Beth Moore mold, you know, yeah. or this Nadia Boltz Weber mold. I can just be me. I can just be joy and we can laugh and have fun and we can talk about the hard things and pray together. And so my conviction really is to live into that and not be afraid to be who I am and uh, hopefully stay at First Baptist Lincoln. I <laughs> I feel very much bonded and, and called here and have been affirmed in so many different ways and small things. You know, they tried to, <laughs> this is, this is fucking poor Austin, <laughs> but they, for Pastor Appreciation Month, they planned this wonderful drive-by parade and people made signs and came mm -hmm. And Austin and I were in Omaha. <laughs> he forgot. And we were uh, not at the house. Surprise. And um, they left the posters. But even that, just the thought that they would leave posters and cards was so meaningful. And yeah. the la the wonderful laughs that we share on Sunday. You know, it's like, okay, what's going to go on this Sunday? It's like we're together because we are. Yeah. And the Spirit has uh, knit us together and meets us in our homes and so my hope would be to stay here and hopefully eventually um to continue to be a pastor yeah. uh, now i will tell you i'll go on record i do not want to do any more schooling i really don't <laughs> <laughs> i really yeah uh, but i'm a little concerned that maybe in the next uh 10 years, God will say, well, maybe you should think about this yeah. um, or study this. And so, and then I'm you'll become willing... some, one of those tiresome reverend doctors. I know. And then I'll just, <laughs> you know, I, I always get in trouble here when I meet, you know, family members of our members, I'll say, hi, I'm joy. And then a couple of minutes later, they're like, wait, are you the pastor here? I'm like, oh yeah, I am. They're like, why didn't you say anything? <laughs> like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I'm, I'm pastor joy. Yeah. Hey, how are you? You know, you could just call me Joy. And so right. I'd like to keep keep that same mentality, but also live into uh, my calling and not be ashamed of it. I know when I go back home or when I have encounters with people that disagree, you know, we get calls here at the church where I want to talk to the pastor. I talked to him last week. And of course, you know, it's me who answered the phone. I'm like, did you talk to him last week? I don't think he was here. <laughs> I think to kind of just keep that playful yeah. attitude would be uh, yeah. important. Well, very good. Well, Joy, thanks for being on our show today. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed it, and I always enjoy chatting with you. Very good. Thanks. Well, thank you for downloading and streaming the latest episode of Mission in 5. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging in God's mission through the local church in Nebraska and around our larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information and links to our various guests. Subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you like. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play. We're in all the platforms. Whichever one you use, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And feel free to support us through our abcnebraska.com PayPal link. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.